Hi, I'm Camille. I'm a lifelong fan of Supernatural. I'm Miranda, and I'm watching the show for the first time. Join us as we watch a new episode every week. Welcome to our Supernatural podcast, Ramble On. Welcome to our super epic supernatural podcast. This is, um, I had this idea because I'm on Tumblr, you know, fooling around, having fun in fandom spaces. So I'm exposed to supernatural. And when the most recent episodes came out, I got really into the last three episodes, not necessarily the whole show, but Camille and I have been friends since middle school and she has been a lifetime uh, fan of this show read into that however you might like draw conclusions about Camille Um, I think that's a beautiful thing it shows she has a lot of fortitude but I I said to Camille why don't we make a podcast where we rewatch the show and kind of celebrate the fandom culture around it and uh yeah I mean Camille is the in-house expert truly I I hope so so I I was introduced to the show I think in about 2008 or 2009. So I haven't been here from the exact beginning because I was only um, eight years old when this show came out. (laughs) You've been trained from from your childhood for this. So it was a little inappropriate for an eight-year-old to watch, but um, by the time I was about 12 or 13, my mom said, okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So in my mind, at a certain point, this show was kind of a spiritual successor to the show Charmed, which me and my sisters loved. (laughs) We would, in the summers, they would run a syndicated version of Charmed on on TNT. They would show two episodes a morning on weekdays. And we would get up at like 8 a.m. or something and watch our two episodes of Charmed in the summer and then go about our days. And then after that was over... Supernatural would play. I think not immediately afterwards, but uh, later on in the morning. And once we finished Charmed, my mom watched an episode of Supernatural, I think. And she really liked it. And she started watching it. And the first episode I think I was exposed to was Heart. um, Which if you're familiar with the show you know is kind of a sad episode and I'll talk about it more once we get to that episode but I just I don't know I think immediately I got addicted (laughs) and so we did the same thing that summer we watched all through Supernatural it was as it was airing two episodes a day and then when we got to the end season six was in the middle of airing and I watched the latter half of of season six live and I think around that time is when I first um, was exposed to Tumblr. I I don't think I was using it much then though Um, so they kind of fed off of each other my supernatural addiction and my Tumblr addiction (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah I love the show and I I never quit watching 
I, I, there were some points where I almost did, but I watched it. I wanted to see it through to the end and I'm pretty glad I did. Yeah, no, Camille, you, it's very impressive that you did. And at the time that Camille was obsessed with Supernatural, I was obsessed with um, BBC Sherlock. So I'm fandom adjacent. I would hope there'd be some solidarity there, although I know that there is uh, maybe some tensions sometimes between the two <laughs> fandoms. I don't really as, know. As far as I know, there's no tension. Okay, um, Camille, what Camille says I, goes in my mind. I enjoyed Sherlock. I watched Doctor Who as well when it when um, I think I watched the ninth, tenth, um, and eleventh Doctor seasons, and then part of the twelfth. And then my dad got rid of the BBC, so I no longer watch it. <laughs> so your mom got you into Supernatural, and your dad mm-hmm. destroyed any chance you had of watching BBC Sherlock, which honestly, um, probably saved you a lot of strife in your life. <laughs> I did eventually finish Sherlock. I watched uh the third season, right? It was the last season? Uh, yep. That just keep on believing that. <laughs> yes, the third season was the last season, and it was epic. I watched the last season on uh, on Netflix, like, this year, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I just want people to know, if you're listening to this, I'm not purporting to know anything about Supernatural. Camille is bringing me through this. I, I thought it would be fun if, you know, I, I'm having a new set of eyes. Camille's really celebrating the show and and the fandom side. and Yeah, I mean, basically, I love, I love the show. Even it's Harry parts I still loved it I don't feel that I really know much about the show I've watched the first season gonna be transparent about that but and also the finale (laughs) and also the finale so I've got a lot of gaps I've got my own opinions about the finale whatever if we make it to the finale that'll be six years from now so I guess you guys can hear what I think then but from my exposure to the show on Tumblr I've been led to believe that it is this gay rom-com drama (laughs) between these two guys so I kind of feel like watching the show is going to upend that for me um (laughs) maybe in a horrific sort of way it will definitely be horrific (laughs) (laughs) well I'm excited for it you know I want to see what this is all really about I want to see what you've spent the last uh however many years of your life doing Camille there is a lot of nuance to the show it's it covers a lot of bases so I'm sure you'll find at least some part of it you'll enjoy and some part of it that you'll absolutely hate (laughs) Mm -hmm. see that's a well-rounded show yep it gets you on all angles I I hear this all the time people are like it certainly is a show (laughs) (laughs) well I mean there are parts of it that I do really like just even thinking to um the first season and the Uh, pilot episode that we Mm -hmm. both watched is like I like that rural sense of you know middle America um, yeah and like the mythology that America does have in these small towns yeah um, that I think is kind of lacking in big cities and I personally have family that live in Coal Belt Tennessee and I can see that when I go there that sort of rich local history that that has its lore and mythology and ghost stories that everybody kind of believes in I like that part of the show. I mean, I know it evolves into something different. It definitely does evolve. But yeah, that was one of the things that I guess caught caught me too. I also have family in uh, uh, Northwest Arkansas. And, and, you know, I grew up taking road trips and and moving around the country because we were a military family. And just, you know, those long 
stretches of road where there's where there's nothing but you know the conversations you have and Mm -hmm. just finding little niches all over the place I love and being a military family were you also raised to like battle and go to war like oh of course yeah Mm -hmm. I definitely know how to um shoot a gun (laughs) do you really (laughs) I actually do yeah Oh, wow. I used to shoot a gun with my dad in my grandma's backyard, a BB gun. I would shoot milk jugs. Yeah. I don't know what he was training me for. He'd never (laughs) stuck around long enough to to tell me. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be out there battling. So I'm missing that part of my story. But yeah. Oh, it's demons. Okay. Um, If I see one. Yeah. I've only ever shot a gun one time. Like not, not just like one round, but I went to a shooting range one time with my dad. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. The only problem I had was um was with the safety. I guess I wasn't strong enough. <laughs> and the the late our instructor, she kept saying she's like cuz I had an easier time with like the the oh gosh, I'm going to sound like an idiot. I think it was like a 22 than like the 45, but she was like mm. yeah, that's not going to stop them. You know, you need to teach her to shoot. <laughs> shoot with the real oh god she's like if you shoot them with the 22 they're gonna keep on coming Ooh, who's gonna keep on coming what is she saying i guess my attacker oh my god okay that's interesting that's an interesting piece of lore about you and your dad like never took you back he was like yeah whatever let the attackers get her like <laughs> i guess i just never really asked to go again i'd like to go back actually i, th- I thought it was kind of cool i like doing it well, that's a, I've never shot a real gun. It was all, it was just a BB gun for me. Mm-hmm. Remember to use ear protection, kids. Yeah, everyone listening shooting. to this who's going to go out there. Well, actually, probably just don't shoot a gun. That's my philosophy. I don't know, Camille might be warped from watching 15 seasons of Supernatural, where she thinks everyone like needs to be heavily armed and have a trunk full of weapons. But I'm not there yet. I'm at the beginning of this journey. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I would say just don't. Oh, Camille, I, I think we should announce our ultimatum that we came up with. Okay. I think we should do it as an outro, but we're going to introduce it now. Okay. So, <laughs> our ultimatum is that if we do not get Michelle Collins on this podcast as a guest in four months, we're giving up. <laughs> it's going to be over. <laughs> that is our threat. And I know we have such huge fans already however many minutes into the first episode this is. So I don't want you guys to get scared because I, I kind of almost feel like Misha is going to be on the next episode. Like I just have this kind of mm-hmm. feeling like he's going to be super into this project and want to become maybe even a co-host, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if I'm really vibing with because I think he would overshadow us. But yeah, that is our ultimatum. So Misha, if you're listening to this and you care about this podcast, you know, just have your people contact our people mm-hmm. and we'll work something out. Mm-hmm. I also think we should get your mom on this podcast, Camille, because she introduced you to the show. She did, and she loves to talk, so I think it would be a good, a good, um, a good episode. All right, we'll try and schedule her in. She might be harder to get than Misha. She, yeah, she has a very busy schedule. I also want to get. I know we're just running through our ideas for the show. Don't worry, we'll get to talking about the pilot episode. But I had an idea where. I want to get people from the fandom on this show. Yeah, I do too, definitely. The problem is, <laughs> I 
even though I've been in this fandom for a long time, I've 90% of my time in it has just been consumption. So, mm. uh, so uh, I will follow everyone in the fandom, look at all their posts, read their all their fan fiction, like uh, like everything. I am not a content creator, and I do not. Camille, you have an entire podcast about the show. You're scaring me. You're scaring me right now. I do not interact with people. Like I, I don't have friends in the fandom. I would say. However, I have joined a Discord server that I hope I can get some people on the show from that server uh, because I think that would be really cool and maybe some mm-hmm. like prolific uh, fanfic writers. I I have a deep appreciation for fanfic writers and artists and I cannot believe you use your great talents to make content <laughs> about this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it? It just amazes me. <laughs> yeah, fanfic writers, they don't get enough respect, let's be real. They do it all for free. In their free time, they're they're using their amazing talents just to give the people what they want mm-hmm. and ask for nothing in return. That is true. Comment on your local fanfic writer's fic, you guys. Leave those kudos. <laughs> Leave those kudos. Make those bookmarks. <laughs> Mark it for later, guys. I'm really excited for this project. Oh yeah, me too. I'm so excited. I hope I hope we at least have like one or two listeners. <laughs> and if you listen to this and you want to be on our show, even if you've never seen Supernatural, just come on our show. <laughs> we okay. We haven't named the podcast yet. Once we name it, I will have a email for you guys to contact and I will have a Tumblr blog and I will edit those in to the file maybe at the end of the episode or maybe I'll just put them in right here yeah please contact us I mean who are we like literally anybody who's watched more than season one knows more than me so come on the show but if I get a little defensive just know that it's because I don't want you to take my spot on this podcast and I don't want you to get along too well with Camille so if you're sensing some sort of dynamic like that that's just why I'm very insecure I just want to warn you guys so Camille you had you had fun facts should we pivot into the fun facts I can um I can actually introduce the episode so this first episode of season one is titled pilot oh camille should i say my same joke say your joke okay i found it weird that it was named pilot because i didn't see any planes or pilots in this episode you need to add in a little but um just (laughs) so this episode aired on september 13th in the year 2005 as I said before, I was eight years old. Miranda, were you, you were also eight, correct? I guess, I think so. We are the same age, so I'm assuming I must have been eight years old. Yeah. And it was written by Eric Kripke, who is, he was a showrunner from uh, seasons one through five of Supernatural. And it was directed by David Nutter, who did this episode. And the next one, he uh, mostly does pilot work. And the locations that they're in in this episode are Lawrence, Kansas, in the very beginning. Palo Alto, California, where Stanford is located. And then 
Jericho, California in Nevada County. But as far as my research has shown, uh, Jericho is not really a place that exists anymore. But Nevada County still does. The magic of showbiz, people. And a fun fact about this episode is that it was filmed in Los Angeles, but the rest of the show is filmed in Vancouver and British Columbia, Canada. And then the first appearances that we have in this episode are um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as John Winchester. And if you're not familiar with Supernatural, but you do watch The Walking Dead, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Negan on The Walking Dead. Mm. And then Samantha Smith as Mary Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester, and Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester. And you know what I thought was interesting is I read on Wikipedia, the ultimate research source, that uh, Kripke was actually developing this show as a concept for 10 years before it was ever greenlit. I didn't even know that. Wow. So he was thinking of this in 1995. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a different world than 2005. So I think Kripke always envisioned it as a road trip series. And he actually said, this is a direct quote from him. He said that a road trip series would be the best vehicle to tell these stories because it's pure, stripped down, and uniquely American. These stories exist in these small towns all across the country, and it just makes so much sense to drive in and out of these stories. And I actually did a little bit of research on the places that they're that they're in in this episode. So the main plot starts, and Dean has driven to Stanford. We don't know where he's coming from, but um, beautiful, beautiful Jensen Ackles. Let me just yes, he is beautiful, and uh, he drives in the Impala to Stanford, which is in Palo Alto. And Palo Alto is in the San Francisco Bay. And the name means tall stick in Spanish. And it's named after this 110 foot redwood tree called El Palo Alto. And it's part of the Silicon Valley, which is kind of an expensive city, at least it is now. I'm not sure about 2005, but I'm sure it was still pretty, pretty pricey. Um, And then from there, they drive to Jericho, California, which is in Nevada County, California. And that trip would take them about 172 miles, which would be about two hours and 45 minutes. From the information I got from Wikipedia, of course, the the most scholarly source of all time, Jericho is a former settlement in Nevada County, California, but it doesn't seem like it exists anymore. Nevada County is in the Sierra Nevada uh, mountain range, and Nevada means snow-covered in Spanish. And Nevada City, which is in Nevada County, is the first area in the United States to na- to use the name Nevada. And it was originally a gold mining town. Okay, Camille, can I just say, first of all, that I am very impressed with the amount of of research you did because I I did my research but not I mean that was a that was a lot of information right there and I'm looking at my notes right now and um you know I just have written down like I hope I never become a woman in white because I look horrible in white (laughs) so that's the sort of notes that I'm coming in here with 
Uh, and Camille <laughs> is definitely carrying the show right now. Well, maybe your commentary will be more interesting because I'm not sure if this will bore people. If this is boring you, just tell me. <laughs> yeah, send, um, send in hate to whichever one of us you like the least. <laughs> um, whichever one of us you think is doing the worst job, send in uh, a lot of kind of hate mail, just sort of harassing mm-hmm. us and stuff. I really love the pilot episode. I used to obsessively, well, not obsessively, actually, because I think the first few episodes of the first season I've watched uh, several times because I did really love them in high school, maybe freshman year of high school, Mm -hmm. but I never watched Beyond It. I always knew Camille was into it. Why did you never watch Beyond It? That's my question for you. Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I found out that this show was killing characters and then just bringing them back to life. Mm-hmm. And I and I made a snap judgment on it. I thought, you know, that's kind of cheap, mm-hmm. I guess. Once you do that, you've kind of broken the the rules of reality on your show. That mm-hmm. it, it, In my mind, I thought, you know, you do that and nothing in your show matters anymore because how are you punishing these characters? Maybe that's a limited view of things because there are other ways people can suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't have the time for it. I'll leave that to Camille. Yeah. And Camille, honestly, you told me not to watch it too. You were like, yeah, don't get into it. Like, it's <laughs> messing up my life. So, <laughs> so there was that too. That's funny because <laughs> I've told a lot of people in my life to watch Supernatural. <laughs> Pretty much everyone I across <laughs> but maybe I knew that Miranda was of a higher caliber and she mm. wouldn't appreciate it because she she understands that the stakes <laughs> the stakes get lowered if you keep killing off your characters but now look at us we have a podcast about it that's true I think I, I introduced Supernatural to a lot of people that I knew because I think a lot of different kinds of people can appreciate it I think it it appeals to a large demographic. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see. I think a lot of people take the show at face value, but then a lot of people read really in depth into it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like two shows are existing simultaneously. And I, I think there's a side of the fandom that is really character centric and then a side that's like oh my god I want to see them put a stick of dynamite inside of a zombie and blow it up you know <laughs> oh and I wanted to ask you Camille do they ever have zombies on this show yes oh I knew it I knew it <laughs> guys here's a little trivia for you Camille and I already tried to record this and we had some technical difficulties so a lot of the things I'm saying are things that I said last time so I'm sorry for that Camille but I'm in this studio that I built. Uh, it's two TV trays and a bunch of blankets. And I'm telling you right now, if we become successful podcasters, this is going to be such an inspirational story. But if we don't, it's just going to be really embarrassing. Um, I'm not going to want anyone to know the state of me right now. But yeah, I built a whole studio for this. I mean, what uh, what do you call a studio? Um I call it two TV trays and some blankets, but I want to see a picture. I'll send you a picture. Hey, we'll put the picture on our Tumblr, you guys, of my studio. Yeah, good idea. 
So this is a podcast where every uh, episode of the podcast, we're going to be focusing on an episode of the show. We figure most people listening to this are familiar with the show, whether you've watched it a long time ago, you've watched it recently, but we've given ourselves two minutes to sort of <laughs> summarize the uh, episode before we go into more of the details or our personal feelings about the episode. So the show began in 1983 in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, Sam is six months old. That night, Mary goes to Sam's nursery and she sees a figure standing over his crib. John, who's sleeping downstairs, runs up to Sam's room when he hears Mary screaming and he sees her pinned to the ceiling with a gash in her stomach. Then she bursts into flames <laughs> and so does the entire house. But John and the boys are able to escape. Then they flash forward to about 22 years later. And Sam is at Stanford celebrating his LSAT scores with his girlfriend, Jessica. And Dean breaks into Sam's house and tells him that their dad has been on a hunting trip and has been missing for a few days. So they drive to John's last known whereabouts, which are in Jericho, California where he has been investigating the disappearance of young men in the town. And that's where they encounter a spirit on the bridge, uh, who is the woman in white, who has been killing unfaithful men in their cars and telling them that she can never go home. Sam and Dean find out that she jumped off a bridge after drowning her own children. In the meantime, Dean is apprehended by the police who believe that he's connected to the disappearances recently. And while Dean is being held in custody, the woman in white attacks Sam in the Impala, and he physically drives her into her old house. He crashes it through the, the walls where the spirits of her children meet her, and it looks like they drag her down to hell. And then later, Sam returns to Stanford, because he has a law school interview the next day and he finds Jess pinned to the ceiling in the same way that his mother was. And Dean drags Sam out of the house as it's engulfed in flames. And then Sam basically agrees to join Dean in the search for their father and possibly the, the entity that killed their mother and Jessica. A beautiful, beautiful summary. Thank you. <laughs> so the show definitely opens up and it seems like they're not having the best day. Um, that was my sort of interpretation. It's kind of a, a bad day for all of them. Uh, their mom erupts in flames on the ceiling. Dean has to carry his brother from the house while his mom dies. And I looked up Sam at Stanford. I looked up his LSAT score. I have this written down. He got a 174 and... The 99th percentile on the LSAT is 172. And for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that means if you scored a 172, you did better than 99% of the people who took the test. So a 174 is insane. I mean, he, what they say is true. He can go to any law school, really. And I thought it was interesting because he could have gotten a full ride to law school, but instead he gets a 15-year car ride with Dean. <laughs> So that's an interesting parallel. I did have one question, though. Why are these people stopping mm -hmm. 
for this woman on the side of the road, okay? And and wait, hear me out, hear me out. Mm-hmm. So the first guy who dies. Yes. He's driving down the road. He's on the phone with his girlfriend. Boom. He sees this creepy looking woman. Creepy yes. but beautiful. A, a, a strange combination. Creepy but beautiful. Dancing on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And later on, Sam and Dean, while investigating, hear from a girl, just a random girl they met, this wonderful goth girl. Oh. She just rattles off this legend. And there are missing signs all over town. Thousands mm-hmm. of men are missing. Thousands. thousands? Hundreds of thousands. No, I don't know. A lot of <laughs> men are missing. And the girl's, his girlfriend is putting up signs in this town, which means he is from this town, the guy who stops mm-hmm. and picks up the woman. Mm-hmm. Why the hell, if you're from this town where every damn person is going missing, would you stop and pick this woman up off the side of the road? I Please, can you explain this to me? I think the question is... Do you believe in it? Because in real life, I wouldn't believe that. But would you stop to pick this woman up off the side of the road? I would not. However, I think one of the reasons she is enacting vengeance upon these people is because they're being unfaithful to their partners. And a way that she kind of proves that in her mind is that they're picking her up on the side of the road with the intention of getting with her. And this goes kind of back into the story of La Llorona, which is the woman in white is is based on. And her name means weeping woman. And she originated in Hispanic American folklore. And uh, traditionally she roams like these waterfront areas mourning her lost children because she drowned them because she drowned them after witnessing her husband's affair and she kills them in this this fit of of rage and insanity and then she kills totally herself. understandable yeah totally understandable to do that yeah so th- she becomes this in supernatural she becomes this uh vengeful spirit you know forever reliving this this past trauma in her life and and in this in this show i think that the spirits and the ghosts are always these mournful tragic figures you know forever doomed to repeat the the most terrible parts of their lives and for her that's the unfaithfulness of her own husband and then the, the living with the guilt of killing her own children Okay, I yeah, I understand that. She is a little bit of a hypocritical ghost, though, because um, she forces Sam she to does. be unfaithful. Yeah, she forces Sam. So, you know, maybe she needs... <laughs> I mean, she strikes me as someone who should probably go to therapy. <laughs> Do they have ghost therapy? They, they really should. I don't know, Camille. You tell me. You're the expert on this show. Has that ever come up? <laughs> well... You can kind of tell that at the end of this episode, she has her resolution, right? Yeah, and I, you said that her kids drag her down to hell. The sense that I got when watching this was that it was somewhat of a, they forgave her. But maybe I was reading that wrong. Oh, I think that's a valid interpretation. In this episode, we don't really, we don't really know what happens to her after she's gone. And... Mm -hmm. 
we don't really know what happens to Spears for a few seasons, which is a really interesting point in the show when we do eventually figure out more about the afterlife. We do know the spirits in the show, they they can't move on. They can't reach a conclusion. And further on in the show, this becomes more of a physical. They have a physical uh, tethering to the earth still, so they either need to burn their bones or destroy whatever special item they have left on earth. I thought it was interesting also that she didn't kill her husband, right? Her husband was... They went and talked to him. Yeah. I don't think she does. I don't think she does. But she's killing everybody else. That's for sure. It's almost like she's taking it out on herself. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. She does... Um, I mean, she drowned her kids, let's be real. Like, mm-hmm. she's not the nicest woman. <laughs> but... She does have her resolution. And Sam, geez, man, I get why Dean doesn't let him drive the car. Like, he blasts (laughs) that thing through the house. That's completely unreasonable. When I watched that, I didn't remember that's what happened. And I was like, I cannot believe Sam just drove Baby through that house. And I was surprised that Dean didn't kill him right there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and also, he didn't even know that was going to work. He just did that. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> he was living for the drama of the moment. I mean, he was acting real reluctant to go on this whole trip. And then mm-hmm. he ends up pulling the wackiest move of anybody. I mean, Dean's going around having his little moments, giving fake names, smelling old burgers that he finds, you know, bantering <laughs> with the police, cracking a few mysteries along the way. Meanwhile, Sam is driving a car as fast as he can through the side of a house for no reason, really, other than a hunch. He's operating as if he's in a cartoon show. (laughs) And he's supposedly the genius. Well, I guess it did work out, so, you know, maybe there is something to that, but I just thought that was interesting. Intuition. Yes, his intuition. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you thought of Sam and Dean's relationship and their relationship with their father? Because... It gets more complex as the show goes on, and I'm interested to know what you think of it so far. You know, I I am I struggle with that a little bit because I have seen all of season one, and I am a little bit influenced by Tumblr. But I think you you really do start to see these dynamics. You know, Sam went away to college. Dean stayed with their dad, and I thought it was interesting that Sam. I thought that he doesn't go looking for their dad because he's worried about their dad. He -hmm. goes because Dean is asking him. I agree. 100%. I don't know. I just love their sibling relationship. I think the show does a great job with that. What do you think, Camille? Because you have been through it all with this show. So how does it feel to see him see this relationship at its most, (sighs) you know, the simplest form it was ever in? At its infancy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. It is really interesting because you can see the codependency building even even here in this first episode mm-hmm. um more so on Dean's part and so when he's I think a lot of this episode he's kind of lashing out because he's he's fearing being abandoned by Sam again and Sam lets him know that he's interviewing for law school and 
Dean has just spent the last four years with their father, who we don't know much about at this point. But we at least know that the relationship between John and Sam is tense. And I can definitely tell, at least retrospectively, that Dean felt completely abandoned by Sam when Sam left for college. And it was one of the lowest points in his life when that happened. And now knowing that Sam, you know, might never come back, that really hurt him. Mm-hmm. And that I think I could get in his mindset that he just has to suffer through those four years that Sam is in college and then and then he's going to come back, you know. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he learns, oh, maybe Sam doesn't want to come back to our family. Maybe he's going to leave me forever. And yeah. he wants a life of his own outside of outside of me and outside of our family. I mean, I definitely see Dean saying I definitely see a belief in Dean that Sam is the only person who can really understand him and and I think he believes also that he's the only person who can really understand Sam yes and I was sad I was genuinely sad when Dean drops Sam back off at his apartment Mm -hmm. it was sadder for me to see Sam leave Dean than it was to see his girlfriend burning on the ceiling but that might be my own um and like Jessica just doesn't have a lot of depth to her character we never learned much about her which is kind of sad I I always thought we would learn more about her but we really never did so it's hard to kind of emotionally connect to her as a character instead of just a driving force for revenge in Sam's plot you know Mm -hmm. Um, and Mary kind of the same way but fortunately with Mary we do get to know her later on um, through flashbacks and and other things Um, but yeah Jess is never really a fully fleshed out character well I read that they actually uh, the network or somebody in charge of Kripke wanted him to keep Jess as a recurring character but he said that didn't fit in with the format of the show. So from the very beginning, they were really invested in sort of killing off all these female characters. Yeah, which is sad. And I mean, I get it, though. I get why yeah. they killed Jess. Yeah. Like, they needed to. And and automatically that kind of isolates them. And Sam has spent these last four years outside of isolation but mm-hmm. Dean has still been, Dean's been isolated, I mean, pretty much his whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me sad is I can feel this loneliness coming off of him. And he does feel like Sam is the only one who can't understand what this the hunting life is like. And the only one that will always be by his side because he lives this kind of nomadic, unattached lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and his his family has been the only constant in his life, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sam sees the, the dark side of it and he wants to escape it. And Dean, I don't think, has ever even viewed that as an option for him. Yeah, it seems like Dean never even considered that no. for himself. And I think a lot of that has to do with that 
he saw what happened to his mom and he he sat with that throughout his entire childhood. And you see in this first episode that Sam doesn't remember and that he is kind of cold to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. He regrets what he says later, but he's somewhat cold towards the situation. He doesn't, he can't under, even begin to understand how Dean feels because of what happened to them when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he was way too young to remember. These poor guys, seriously. Yeah. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Well, and it doesn't get better. <laughs> no. Well, I'm excited to see. Well, I know what happens in the second episode. Next week is when Digo, which is Camille's uh, favorite of the first season of the first season. Yeah, I like that one. Or my favorite monster. Yeah, I think Wendigo is, is up there. That'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to reiterate that. You know, I think next episode we're going to have Misha Collins on for sure. Um, It's not officially booked yet, but he's definitely going to come on. Mm -hmm. Maybe Camille's mom, but that's going to be a little more difficult. (laughs) She's a bigger name than Misha. Actually, they're the same length. Camille told me that if we do one episode a week, it's going to take us six years. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Camille, are you uh, ready to do this for six years? Are you committing to this now? Yes. I'm prepared to have this be the one constant in my life <laughs> for the next six years. <laughs> I am prepared. You are prepared? Camille, that yes. means I'm going to be the one constant in your life for the next six years. Oh, unless I you replace so. me. Yeah, we're going to have a huge blowout fight because of the show. and then I'm gonna be the only one for a while and I'm gonna have to figure out how to do all the editing and everything like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I'll find someone else (laughs) oh I thought there was gonna be a happy ending to that okay I thought you were gonna be like and then we'll reconcile and we'll be stronger than ever okay well all right guys look forward enjoy this while you can because I'm not gonna be here very long I don't know Camille's timeline on that but apparently I'm going to get kicked off this, this show. This isn't Supernatural where Sam and Dean reconcile. This is Charmed where they kill off one of the sisters and replace her. <laughs> All right. Well, it might be you, Camille. We'll see. We'll see who gets replaced. <laughs> we should bring in a, a half a half sibling. <laughs> a that's half what they sibling. always do. On Charmed? Uh, yeah, that's what Camille, they did. Listen, I do not know and, anything about Charmed. And, spoiler alert. Supernatural. They have a half sibling? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. That's epic. <laughs> you probably know who he is, but you probably don't know that they are Sam and Dean's half sibling. I don't even want to try and guess, honestly. <laughs> you might not know them. I can't. It's Castiel. <laughs> oh so oh okay oh man when castiel shows up camille our podcast is going to skyrocket it really is <laughs> all right do we have a signing off thing this is our, our signing episode. off thing is mish collins if you don't get on this show in four months we're giving up <laughs> yep not even a guest you have to join yes you're doing the editing 
yeah, please come edit our show. You don't even have to be on it. Can you just edit it? And can you buy me a microphone? I'll 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 DM that to him. Okay. Okay. Okay, so this is where the music would play, right? Yeah, what music should we have? I don't know. Should we? Uh, we'll we figure sh- it out. Ooh, I should look up a bunch of like non-copyrighted songs that sound kind of like classic rock songs. <laughs>